And a one, and a two, and a five, six, seven, eight. This is just a quick heads up for this week's episode. We use the terms male and female a lot, referring to the sexes of humans as a species when discussing anthropological theories behind the period stigma. This in no way reflects our views on periods in relation to gender. Hello and welcome to That Bloody Sex Podcast. I'm Catherine, a period and menstrual health educator. And I'm Millie, a sex and relationships educator. And we talk about all the things you aren't supposed to talk about. Let's get started. Can I get a hell yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Did you just said who's going to start this one? I'll start this one. Millie's like, yeah, okay then. Clicks record. Can I get a hell yeah? (laughs) Uh, Well, welcome to this week's episode. That was a very um, theatrical entrance, I feel, from you. Yeah, I'm pretty excited uh, about this week's episode, so I just thought I'd. I am as well, actually. Even though you, you kind of you know, pretty much everything I'm going to talk about anyway, because you were well. We'll talk about it in a minute, but this week's episode is about um, the history of the period stigma and where the kind of shame and taboo came from, because it's got to come from somewhere, right? didn't just appear everything is rooted in something everything right? comes from something where there's smoke there's fire oh also it's just us this week we don't have a guest oh this week. yeah yeah no guests it's just we obviously have just the two of us we can make it if we try just the two of us just you went down oh we just we totally both sang completely different bits of that song i will say that this um has probably been one of the more chilled podcasts that we'll ever do. But we're going into another lockdown. No, if this not if this isn't your scene this week, that's fine. But this is all we all we kind of fancied this week, isn't it? Um. So how how are you? How are you this week? How's your week been? Because it's actually been a little over a week since we've last talked. Oh fuck! It has. Yeah. Well, mm. not talked, but last pod. Yeah, last podded. Um, how was last week? What the hell did I do? I know what you did on I, Thursday. I went home. I went home last week. Oh yeah, that's not what I was talking about. But yeah, you did go home. <laughs> I went home last week and I um, I went back to Bath last week and I had a lovely time with my partner. We had um, a few house viewings. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> and um, got, a, got a little bit drunk one night, didn't you? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> got drunk one night and was like sending Catherine videos and texts and being like I love you so much so yeah yeah and she was fangirling me when she was drunk I actually was and then and then we also went to the spa oh dreamy oh, so nice is really spa a weird it experience well. when it's in in covid uh yeah do you want to know something really weird yes of course so we showed up and we had a massage each so we had a couple's massage so we were both in the same room right that was fine that Cute. wasn't a problem then they said to us, okay, you... I don't you mind being in the same room as my boyfriend. That's fine. <laughs> That's not a problem. I <laughs> that bit's all right. I, can, I guess I can get topless around him, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, yeah. And then they were like, after, um, oh, you can go use the facilities. So we have a hot tub, a relaxation room, steam room, sauna room, and a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. And she goes, she goes, but these are the rules. Only two people are allowed in the sauna and the steam room at the same time. So me and Rob were like, that's fine. We can go in together, right? There's two of she... us. Yeah, just the two of us. <laughs> and, uh... 
and um and then like the pool was like yeah obviously just don't have like thirty thousand people in the pool at once just like kind of monitor that yourselves then yeah. the relaxation room was really cool it was like heated beds and like you just laid mm. on them and like relaxed it's really is nice. this the bath spa the bath no 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 no, no oh no. okay um and then then there was a hot tub and me and rob were like mm. really excited like hot tub hot tub and she goes only one person at a time is it like <laughs> so one of you has to stand on the side and just hold your hand while you're in there yeah literally rob just like stood <laughs> just on sit the on the side next the to you <laughs> have a nice time honey yeah he was like are you enjoying that i was like yes and they were like and only 15 minute intervals so like they timed the hot tub oh timer to be at 15 minutes so when it turned off i was like your turn <laughs> then he got in tag team out it hilarious. was really funny but yeah so like it's it's like weird um we didn't have to wear our masks when we had a massage or anything but the masseuses were masseurs masseuses mm. i don't know they wore their masks um yeah it's just it was like an interesting experience but like because also really i find also why did i just say also so weird. <laughs> also, also. <laughs> um i find the idea of a spa in a pandemic like quite odd because isn't like i don't obviously i'm not a um virologist um but isn't like warm damp places like prime spot Breeding for ground. For germs to breed, or is that specifically bacteria rather than a virus? You know, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, luckily, I spent a lot of my time in the relaxation room, and there was antibac, so you wipe down the beds and stuff before oh, you get on yeah, the bed. Yeah, that's that's the dream. And I was like, <laughs> the dream. I'm just, <laughs> that's, I've got that very low. <laughs> I've got a really low bar for what a dream is. <laughs> um, antibac a room, in the bed. A room with antibac <laughs> is the very dream nice. right now. The dream. <laughs> Anyway, enough about my spa day. I had great fun and it was really what I needed. That's good. So. Beautiful. But yeah, so um, that was my week. Oh, and then I listened to your workshop. You did. My week was kind of... I didn't really do anything until Thursday. And then on Thursday... That's a lie. I, um... You were at your mum's. Oh my God, you're so right. Yeah, oh, yeah we I was also in... at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we I messaged you and I was like... <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> So I messaged you saying that I could all, oh, you were so close I could almost smell you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, do I smell good? Because I've been on a coach for like four hours. And I didn't reply. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, you're so you. right. I did. I was at home. I was at my mum and dad's um, at the weekend. My sister was there as well, which was nice. Um, and uh, lucky them, I'm going to be going back to spend some more time with them <laughs> from this day. <laughs> um, you're definitely going then, yeah? Yeah, I think so. So, um, for context, for anyone listening to this way in the future, um, this mm. kind of month, the second <laughs> Listening to this long... like a time capsule. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking about? Um, yeah, so it's uh, end of, well, beginning of November and uh, good old Boris um, has just announced the second Boo. lockdown. <laughs> Boo. Uh, the month-long lockdown that's going to be happening from this Thursday. So um, I'm going home for this next bit of lockdown. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but in terms of last week, because that's what we're actually talking about. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I did a workshop. So I've been, um, if you aren't aware, I, uh, so Millie and I have um, our respective educational instagrams millie has at rse with millie and i have at bloody honest 
Uh, Millie's is about relationship and sex education and mine is about menstrual health education um, and all things period. And mm-hmm. I'm currently in the process of developing a period positivity workshop um, that I'll hopefully be able to offer to the public as like a ticketed event or like webinar at the moment and also to kind of groups um university societies youth groups things like that um all about period positivity so i did my trial run with a group of friends on thursday and millie was one of those friends she was one of those attendees um i ate my dinner whilst it was happening did you (laughs) cute because you were late as well (laughs) Because she was like, because oh I messaged you. I was like on the oh Zoom and I was gosh. like, all of my, because I invited like some friends from home, like some friends from um, from university, like friends from all over. Um, just like people that I thought would be interested would be and would have like feedback yeah. and stuff. And I'd, and everyone was like, we were just like having a bit of a chat at the beginning. And then some of my friends asked me about the podcast. And I was like, yeah, it's funny you say that because Millie's actually supposed to be here and she's not. <laughs> um, and I messaged Millie and I was like, are you coming on the workshop, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's at 7.30. And I was like, no, it's now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I was literally lying in bed like, what am I going to have for dinner? <laughs> and then you messaged me and I was like, <gasps> oh, good grief. Oh god! But yeah, for anybody then... that for anybody that's listening, I did jump straight on. I didn't wait until half seven. Mm. I was like, oh my god! She did. She did. We didn't. Yeah, she didn't miss anything. But yeah, that was uh, an absolute joy. I have to say, it was so nice to do something that I felt very proud of and had worked so hard on, and for to receive such positive feedback on it because um, you're all really great. Uh, and said some really lovely things some constructive things of course um, but also lots of lovely things which was really nice so that was really good fun and I really enjoyed it and I'm really looking forward to that being something that I can offer um, in the future to people members of the public Um, I also really enjoyed it because I met some of Catherine's friends who I like really like like (laughs) I really like them (laughs) Um, yeah so that was amazing and looking forward to that being a thing and if anyone listening um is interested in attending a period positivity um online webinar then dm me and when it's all up and running i'll give you a shout um you also have some webinars to plug this week uh yeah i didn't want to like i didn't want to like totally piss all over your parade there um no, so go I was on. Just like no um okay so anybody that's listening is an nqt or a um, pgc student or a teacher who's been lumbered with the task of teaching rse Uh, (laughs) or um or a sex educator or whatever i've got two really great um workshops coming up one's on the 12th of november and one's on the 19th of november i set them up purely because i knew that people were going to be in the lockdown people were going to be bored Mm. um so what a better time to get any training in and then workshop number two but technically three here is um for anybody to attend and it's about improving your communication in relationships um Mm. i was quite the reason i've set this up is because i was quite an angsty teen and i could never understand why nobody was fucking understanding where i'm coming from and why does nobody like receive what i'm saying well yeah because you were a little bit angsty millie um no but also uh, i mean oh my god same right it's true isn't it 
everybody was an angsty teen honestly sounds like therapy <laughs> yeah th- this workshop i'm hoping is really gonna help people um mm. like even even small things like in relationships when um you want your partner to to really listen to you and really understand mm. what you're saying um and they they're not doing that you kind of need to make that clear to them but that's everything that this workshop's going to cover i've just put up a story and if you want to go look on my page on the highlights um i've got a thing up there all about all of them if you want to check them out and i have three posts about them mm. and you can find them on eventbrite if you just search in rse with millie um i've had a few They're ticket sales already and i'm no way yeah that's exciting yeah, I have. yeah and i've had loads of people messaging me like um i'm waiting for payday <laughs> but nice. please save me a space i'm like oh have you got a limit on spaces nope you can have hundreds of people well, you can only have a hundred people on Zoom. Oh, I'm really, I'm really excited for it actually, and it should mm. be really good. Exciting. So, yeah. so that's um some exciting workshops that we've got coming up. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine actually don't have dates yet, and I've not um organised anything. <laughs> but if you're interested, let me know, um, and I'll let you know when, um, when, when they are where. when they are happening. Yeah, exactly. Well, where will be online. <laughs> that's for sure um <laughs> when and, and then where? Oh, if you're interested in e- any of millie's because uh, they're going to be amazing then get in get in touch with her but the reason you're going to know a bit about what we're talking about today is because um a little section of my workshop is about the history of the period stigma hell yeah hell yeah um because i i find it really interesting and I thought it would be some fun wisdom to share on this little week, podcast week, that we didn't have a guest for. So, Also, stay tuned for some really good guests, because we've got some really good guests lined up. Oh yeah, we do have some great guests lined up. Um, so, the history of the stigma. If you're interested, by the way, I'm getting a lot of this research from an article on the Clue website, as in the period tracking app. Um, called How Did Menstruation Become a Taboo? It's a fun, it's an amazing article with some really good references in it. So if you're interested That's in so cool. reading about this in more detail, then I definitely recommend um, checking their website out. What's fun or not so fun is that actually um, nobody really knows for sure. So there's there's loads of different theories flying around and there's kind of some that are generally more considered more kind of the chosen theory than others the chosen one but really no one's got a fucking clue (laughs) i mean and also we may never know this may never be something that we know for sure i definitely agree with that we're never gonna know because because i feel like it's so old like it's such an old thing so for example like to give you an example of just how old the stigma is in some translations of so many ancient texts, I'm talking some translations of the Bible, of the Quran, of the first Latin encyclopedia, which was in 73 AD. Like, that's a long time yeah. ago. That is a <laughs> long time ago. Literally thousands of years. And there's there's talk of it, of menstruation being, quote, gross. Obviously, they didn't use the word gross. Imagine if they used the word gross. Imagine yeah, if the Bible said per- periods are gross. <laughs> um, but for example, one uh, section of the Bible says, in her menstrual impurity, she is unclean. Whoever touches shall be unclean and shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. Boo. 
Only until evening, though. <laughs> Where's that from, sorry? That's from the Bible. Leviticus 15. And I'm like, what if he touches the menstrual blood in the evening? Is it only... Does it go away straight away? Or does it last until the next evening? You know? I don't know. Is it like is it like corona? Does it disappear? I don't... At 10? Does he have to quarantine for a certain amount of time? <laughs> and then you've also got... This one's just ridiculous. So you've got the Latin encyclopedia that said, Contact with menstrual blood turns new wine sour. Crops touched by it become barren. Grafts die. Seed in gardens are dried up. The fruit of leaves falls off. The edge of steel and the gleam of ivory are dulled. Hives... It, it keeps going. I'm not done. <laughs> And they say Hives women are dramatic. Are you fucking I know, kidding? I know, right? Hives of bees die. Even bronze and iron are at once seized by rust. A horrible smell fills the air. <laughs> to taste it drives dogs mad and infects their bite with an incurable poison. Like, how dramatic. What? Where did they oh. get this shit from? Do you know how what I mean? Dramatic. Who came up with this? <laughs> No, seriously, who came up with that? Who who's credited for that? Oh, so that's um that's the first Latin encyclopedia. Right, right, right. So obviously there's been like multiple. Um, Drama. That was the first one that was that was written. Crops die. Yeah, that's yeah, that's so true. The one I mean, it drives dogs mad and infects <laughs> their bite with an incurable poison. What the? F- what? <laughs> Oh, actually, though, talking about dogs, have you ever had it when you're on your period? And, a dog, and, sni- like, a dog... A dog sniffs your vagina, yeah, 100%. You're like, back off. I mean, they do have, a, obviously, a significantly stronger sense of smell than us. Maybe I should do some research into it and do a ha- hashtag how bloody honest about it. Yeah. Whether that. dogs can smell your period blood or not. I, I'd i say they can, For I reckon. Sure. I've never had a dog sniff. Because they, they can smell blood, right? Mm-hmm. They can just smell bloodhounds. any any like blood. Bloodhounds. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't researched it though, but I'd hazard a guess. Not all yeah, of my sure. none of my posts are usually based on guesswork, by the way. <laughs> Everything <laughs> I do, I research. I guess. I'll just so, write a post about yeah, it. I just, I guess. Yeah, maybe. That's honestly how I feel about a lot of the people that write about vaginal steaming and sponges. Vol- <laughs> do not. For anyone listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Menstrual sponges are... They actually piss me off. They they, actually oh, piss me off. Also, I introduce you to this, like, madness. I know. This is actually what I we know. bonded over, isn't it? The first time we properly chatted. It is. Um, so I do a lot of stuff on sustainable periods on my Instagram. And I did a video a few months ago now about the different sustainable options. And I spoke at the beginning about how I didn't endorse menstrual sponges basically it's like a sponge so it's either an artificial sponge or it's like a natural sea sponge that you put up there and it the idea is obviously that it collects the blood and then you take it out and you rinse it and then you put it back in again like a like a sustainable version of a tampon yes kind of like a reusable tampon now the the problem with these there's multiple problems there's many 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 problems the first one is that if you use particularly if you use a natural sea sponge um that's a living organism like a it's alive and so when as soon as you take it from its habitat it begins to decompose right people know this people with basic knowledge of biology knows that if you take something from its life source it begins to die 
Yeah, fruit, vegetables, whatever. Literally anything. A, a flower yeah. from the garden. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Who in their right mind puts something that is decomposing in their vagina? So that's issue number one. A lot one. of people. <laughs> a, lot apparently, of people. too many people. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is that because it's so porous, um, it not only introduces a lot more oxygen into the vagina, which is bad because that uh, upsets the pH balance of your vagina, um, which can leave you more susceptible to infections. But it's also very hard to clean properly because you can't get in there. <laughs> like, you don't know what's in the very middle of a sponge. Like, you're never going to be able to... Literally, it's like when you know when there was that trend of years ago when people used to cut open their beauty blenders and their makeup sponges. Yes. Yeah. Would you put a makeup sponge up your vagina? I don't think so. No matter how clean you think it is, that ain't clean. Exactly. Anyway, can we please move away from it because it makes feel. Yeah, of course we can. Don't use them. So going back to, so we can see that in lots of ancient texts, right, they're already talking about how disgusting periods are. Mm. lucky us um (laughs) thank you so femininity (laughs) so it must have happened before that right like by logic you go Mm. they've written it in at this point it must have already been a thing and i will also point out that while the taboo around menstruation is almost universal there are some cultures and communities that are positive so usually matriarchies where periods are considered aren't considered dirty and impure and unclean they're considered a, a, a sign of strength and power even because some ancient cultures even held menstrual blood itself as having um, healing properties so the egyptians used menstrual blood in ointments for saggy tits <laughs> what <laughs> You didn't Seriously? See that coming, did you? Yeah, the Egyptians no. thought it was like mir- fucking miracle cure for <laughs> saggy boots. Um, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I actually don't. That's insane. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hilarious. So there's loads of different th- like actual theories on where this began. One of them is um, Freud, our good friend Freud. <laughs> For the purpose of the podcast, uh, Millie just aggressively rolled her eyes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I really cannot. Anytime <laughs> I hear that man's name, I'm like, oh. God. Yeah, he does have some interesting theories. But he thought um, it was to do with the fear of blood, which like that to me feels too modern. It feels like because there wouldn't always have been a fear of blood. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like a fear especially of blood is if, developed. Especially not if people were like glorifying it in some cultures yeah and also i just think because where because ultimately that doesn't get get to the bottom of the bottom of it because where did the fear of blood come from because people don't act the same when someone's cut themselves and they're bleeding in comparison to when someone's got menstrual blood do you know what i mean yeah for sure (laughs) no i completely Um, agree i i more think it's like a dirt thing i think that people think it's dirty yeah which and there's a couple of theories that kind of um, (laughs) align with that so Freud thought it was fear of blood, but that for me doesn't like go far back enough or go kind of in in enough. And then 
there's a lot of talk about how so like in these ancient texts where they're talking about how menstrual blood is dirty and rots food a lot of theories revolve around the fact that it had a a rotting effect on organic matter which is hilarious it is because also like and i get that that theory makes sense from the point where that was decided because that's that's kind of almost still what people believe now and it's kind of transformed from being like rotting having rotting properties to being like disgusting and, and gross and unclean um but there's nothing like that theory doesn't then go into why mm. people thought that in the first mm-hmm. place there was one anthropologist thinks uh her name's shirley oh was is she still alive i'm not sure um but her name's shirley lindenbaum um in the 1970s so she put out a theory that the stigma around periods was kind of created as a pollution stigma within humans to act as a natural population and control literally the purest form of contraception (laughs) so this article says um anthropologist shirley lindenbaum theorized in 1972 that taboo was a form of natural population control limiting sexual contact with quotes pollution stigma so basically humans kind of like evolved to see menstrual blood as bad and dirty so like that's the quotes pollution stigma so that you weren't having sex in during your period right okay and that would decrease the amount that they were reproducing. Does yeah. that make sense? So, yeah. it like, so that the human population would only right, get to okay. a limit. But that also, to me... That doesn't make sense because that's your least fertile point. Exactly. Like, that doesn't make sense as natural population control because it's your least fertile yeah. period anyway. And then in 2000, so dead mm. recent... 20 years ago. In comparison yeah. to a lot of these, there's a historian who coined the term non-menstrual syndrome oh, yeah, or nms so funny. to describe to describe the reproductive envy that leads that led males to stigmatize menstruation and to socially dominate women as psychological compensation for what for what men cannot do biologically I think that's so funny so that one i find hilarious that is so funny to me do you think males are subconsciously jealous that they can't have babies? No. Oh my day. No. Because that, to me, it that theory ends up asking more questions than it answers. I think for me, because then, yeah, for sure. Because then you're going, well, why do they? Well, why are they jealous of it? They still have a part in reproduction. They like reproduction still wouldn't happen without them. So what is it exactly about the female reproduction kind of s- no, process I, no. that I just, they're so jealous I even, of? I don't even think about it like that. I just think it's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my life. They're so jealous, they're so jealous that we can actually push human beings out of our vaginas. So they're going to stigmatise yeah, what happens to us monthly. Split our, split our badges open. No, that is absolutely... Maybe that's that guy's problem, but I don't think that's every guy's problem. Any male that came up with a theory for this, I'm just, I'm just against. Because I'm like, that's your internalised thing, that's no one else's. That were... Oh yeah, no, that was a man. The woman we've had... Her one was about natural population control, which I think is also questionable. I mean, we're obviously not historians, psychologists or anthropologists. Okay, so the next one makes a lot of sense to me, to be honest. So this one basically comes from the belief that menstrual blood is toxic, which kind of is the same idea as the whole... Yeah, it's rotting, the same vein as... Rotting like the, properties. Yeah. So I think ultimately it's like multiple theories are coming from this area, which is why I think that 
somewhere in that realm is probably like the truth but and that's where i think the whole dirtiness derives from which makes it more plausible to me yeah i completely agree but then it still goes back to but why did we think that in the first place yeah for sure because like yes it's a hundred it's true that you know that's what people thought in you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years ago yeah but where did that belief come from so one of the like main things i guess that fueled this theory particularly in the 19th century early 20th century even is that there were a lot of scientists or kind of a, a group of scientists that did experiments using menstrual blood to make organic matter die or wilt or go bad for example some other researchers called olive and george smith they did experiments where they injected this menstrual blood into animals right fuck olive and george they they injected menstrual blood into animals and it killed the animals obviously and then this also didn't get disproven until the late 50s this was a thing everyone scientists believed forever and that's kind of the whole thing about science isn't it is that you're constantly just like coming up with theories that everyone else every you and everyone else is trying to disprove to like it's more about ruling something out than proving something's right Mm. um but that wasn't disproved until the like late 1950s when someone kind of went well if you put any blood into another animal they're gonna die yeah um and then the last one which is the the one i know the most about and the one you find most plausible and the one i kind of find most plausible and generally is considered to be the one people go for right for like the the actual origin of it and it's by Mm -hmm. a social anthropologist called professor chris knight who is still around i believe he did he only wrote this paper in 1991 this is basically he thinks it originated in the time before homo erector so homo erectus is like humans as we know them now right and then homo habilis is the humans before that so the kind of pre-evolved human human in the last two weeks i've never heard those two words said more i know i'm so sorry you've literally heard this so many times no no don't be sorry it's just funny because (laughs) up until like the last two weeks those words had probably been mentioned like twice in my whole life and then the last two weeks it's been like homo habilis (laughs) (laughs) how ridiculous but um so he basically theorizes that in homo habilis times the female humans actually created the taboo themselves as a way of declaring that the males wouldn't be able to have sex with them in that time. And the reason they did this, or the reason that Knight believes they did this, um, is to effectively bribe the males into bringing back the food that they hunted. So before this point, they saw in the chimps and the kind of primates before Homo habilis, it's turning into a very different podcast, but basically, before Homo habilis, the the pre-evolution kind of primates the males go when they go out and hunt they eat the hunt out 
So what they go and catch it, and then they Instead eat it. Instead of bringing it back, yeah, they eat it in the in the group of males. And what they bring what they bring back to kind of the camp is um, not as as good or as nutrient full. Mm, selfish. <laughs> um, so what Chris Knight believes went on is that the female humans in the Homo habilis era went. Do you know what? We've got to come up with a way to make them bring the food back because yeah. at this point yeah, they were. We've got, they to, were... we've got to come up with something because I'm yeah. starving. Yeah, I'm starving. The only they were like do, doing the gathering, so they would get you know the 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 females and the young, the kids were um, eating stuff that wasn't as high in things like protein. So they decided that they'd withhold that they'd create this stigma and withhold sex for a week of the month as a bribe, okay. and then okay. this is when the males would then go and hunt, and if they brought their catch their catch like they're fishing if they bought the the prey haul i guess back. the yeah. haul they <laughs> they'd come and the they'd come and do a hunting haul this is what i caught today <laughs> <laughs> i got one antelope and <laughs> jerry's got um got a zebra and uh <laughs> and matt matt's got um a fucking giraffe i don't know what? I don't, maybe not a giraffe. Sure, sure. Anyway, but anyway, so they and this was also at the point I should say that um, they'd only need to hunt once a month. So they'd do like one big hunt once a month, and there was like there wasn't too many of the species to need to um, hunt more than that. So mm. this is why they could kind of the females could use um, it in this way. Mm. And it's also believed at this point that the the uh, or the theory goes that they got their periods at the same time and they'd go into the little menstrual hut and bleed and the men weren't allowed in really? there. Really? Mm-hmm. And they'd go into the little I menstrual hut. I want to go hut, into a menstrual hut. And they'd bleed for a week and then the, and the men weren't allowed anywhere near them and they weren't allowed to do it. And then afterwards, if the uh, men or the males brought back their hunt they'd have sex with them as a reward basically as like a all right well fair, done yeah fair <laughs> enough you can put it put it in me now um, which brings up a whole other discussion about women's bodies and using sex as a, i mean as i mean humans weapon, were blah, quite blah, blah. literally like quite literally still animals at this point <laughs> yeah brings up a whole other thing but we just won't today the reason it's interesting looking at what societies and cultures have positive um kind of taboos or ideas around menstruation and which ones Mm. have negative ones because the ones often the ones that have still really positive views around menstruations are the modern hunter-gatherer communities and cultures yeah yeah so you know the ones that are still doing that so it's still the the men go out and and hunt and the women and the children stay um and do the gathering and and that kind of thing and those those tribes are the ones that are often still really positive towards menstruation so the reason they think that this may have ended up going south for the females what initially was you know a sign of strength and power and um superiority for the for the females um as the human species 
grew and there was more of us the males kind of realized that they they effectively realized that they'd have to hunt more often and once a month wasn't enough and then this at this point ended up putting a real spanner in the works because that didn't like their hunting schedule if you will didn't line up with the females bleeding once a month it, it became a ritual basically the 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 females going off to bleed and the men the males not having sex and that kind of thing um so it became a ritual and there was this real belief that if you didn't observe the ritual that you wouldn't bring back a, a, a good hunt or um you might be hurt or injured or killed while you were out hunting oh right um, okay so there was okay. a real like so it became like a proper belief thing yeah yeah so it became a real like um belief around it and and ritual to the point where yeah when they realized they had to hunt more often and the females were like well we can't bleed anymore <laughs> we only bleed once a month yeah. for a week the males basically kind of took it upon themselves to ritualize find a way that they could ritualize bleeding themselves so that they could like kind of take over ownership of it so they started gathering before hunts and making themselves bleed so they'd like either cut they'd make incisions on themselves either like along their ears or on their dicks so that they would then they would then like ritualize the bleeding themselves in groups and then then afterwards they'd go off and hunt so they they didn't know they didn't like see the connection between the females having to do the bleeding and the ritual still being as it was they kind of went well we can can't we just bleed (laughs) can't we just make ourselves bleed and then crack on um Oh my god! So this so it became is, like a proper thing. They really yeah, it was a real in like the perf- like the blood. Hundred percent, yeah. So that's where kind of it the switch happened because the males then kind of realised that their bleeding ritual was more superior to the females' bleeding ritual because they could kind of control it really. So they could they had say on how often or when they could do this ritual in order to be able to go out and and hunt and get food for the tribe and that is where professor knight believes the is kind of like the the origin of ultimately the patriarchy because they then took over these menstrual huts that were initially for the females to bleed in and they were that they then became almost temples that the females weren't allowed in at all and that's where they did all they of their... They took ownership of it. Yeah, exactly. They completely took ownership of it. And that and that place that was sacred to the females and wasn't allowed... The, the males weren't allowed to enter then completely became the opposite. And the, it was the males' place and it was, it was sacred to them and they weren't allowed... Um, the women weren't allowed in. <laughs> I know. We just so, can't have anything, can we? I know. <laughs> it fucking backfired, didn't it? <laughs> That's probably like the most detailed one that I know of and the one that goes kind of like the furthest back in terms of like where it actually originated and came from. How interesting. It is interesting. I that he I want to read the book that he wrote, but I think it I'll then end up doing a fucking podcast on it and it'll be like 3 hours long. <laughs> but there's um yeah, that's my kind of rundown. I say rundown. This is this hasn't exactly been short. But ultimately we're never gonna know do you have any theories do you have any thoughts on where? yeah i think i think i think it all stems from being dirty yeah. i genuinely do um 
I think it all comes from being dirty. I think that maybe there was this whole thing before religion, maybe. Um, but I genuinely think it's all the hot that I think it all stems from it being toxic, dirty. Yeah, 100%. Anything like that. Because um, there are like some religions where you have to, s- to stop um, doing a religious practice mm-hmm. to um, menstruate and then you have mm-hmm. to do it at the end. So I've got a few friends who are Muslim mm-hmm. and um, when they're doing Ramadan, if when they come on their period, they have to stop fasting mm-hmm. yeah. and then they have to like add those days on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I do think it's I do think it's all rooted in um, disgust, yeah. Which I, I think, think is so. also rooted in. I think that's also rooted in the fact that men can't. Like, obviously, you can if you want to um, have period sex, but it's like mm. it's your least fertile time, and it's your it's a time when maybe somebody wouldn't want to have sex with you, which are two driving reasons for them to be like, that's disgusting. Mm. What you're doing is disgusting because you're not fertile enough and I don't want to have sex with you. I think it's I think it's rooted in that. I think, I wonder whether somehow, I wonder whether the people, so obviously the thought of it being unclean and impu- impure stems from the idea that it's, like you say dirty potentially toxic and rots stuff and i wonder whether that ultimately stems from the fact that it signifies the there being no pregnancy there being no like fertilization yeah because there's because because if you're if that's when you're least fertile and we are literally here to in religious terms bear Mm. children and also when and also when you bleed that's a sign that you obviously haven't been pregnant that month can't yeah that yeah you, that, that's, yeah so i wonder so i think whether, they were just like oh how filthy yeah and i wonder whether they when believe it's toxic because they believe that the blood somehow it was the reason that there wasn't a pregnancy do you know what i mean who knows i, yeah. I think it's i think it's, it's just some, some way to demonize women for or you know demonize womb havers as if they if, as if there's not enough already yeah, just add it to the fucking list. Get to the back of the line. Anyway, I think that was super interesting. Good, I'm glad. Next, so, so should we talk about what's coming up in the next few weeks? Shall we? Yeah. So, what's happening in the next few weeks? So next so, week we've got. Yeah, next week we've got Denise from the Instagram at Let's Talk STIs, and we'll be talking about STIs. And then the following week we have Casey from Proud of My yep. Period or Pomp, as she likes to call it who is i'm absolutely obsessed with her i think she's incredible and um she'll be on the following week and we'll be talking about the sexualization of periods and there's an interesting reddit thread am i the arsehole reddit that i want to talk about gets a lot of discussion going whenever i bring it up (laughs) um and the week after that we have a woman called chloe coming to talk to us uh and she is a sex worker which would be cool and then I do believe the week after that, I believe the week after that is our <gasps> Christmas surprise. Oh my god. Which is pretty cool. I think I might be wrong, which we need to start sorting out. When we know more about what's going on with the lockdown. Yeah. So that's that. That is that. That was fun. I will I really just say. That. It's like a history lesson. Sorry if this hasn't been your jam this week. That's okay if it's not. Um, there'll be others that are kind of a bit more going on, but we're both kind of in a bit of a weird weird space today so this is all this is this is what yeah. we've done <laughs> i think 
I think anybody who lives in England, yeah, I think anybody who lives in England that's entering is feeling is feeling the same. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're, we're going. Yeah, we're going backwards. I but. agree. On that note. <laughs> Thank you.